Amen. Well, we have uh, been starting off our year, our year, I just got back in February, so our year, <laughs> uh, we've been starting off like we do every year. We've been talking about who we are here at Fresno First Church, what we're about, what God has called us to, uh, and uh, you know, if you have missed any of those weeks or the maybe the not-so-subtle hit in the foyer, the Connect Grow Serve in the foyer, uh, that's what God has called us to be. That is who God has called us to be. That is, that is how God has called us to respond to the world. We are people who connect, people who connect people with people, and I challenged us two weeks ago uh, to really start to build relationships with people this week, people like a Barnabas someone who can be an encourager, people like uh, a Jonathan, someone who is going to help us find our strength in God, someone like a Nathan, someone who's going to help us keep us accountable, someone who's going keep to us, keep, us, keep us accountable. We talked last week about grow uh, and being people who connect people with God. Connect, we connect people with people, grow, connect people with God, and we are, the challenge this year is to grow in intimacy with God through prayer. That is the challenge this week. Through, through our prayer life, that we would grow deeper and deeper in relationship with God. That we would pray authentically. That we would pray about everything that is important to us. That we would pray often. That we would pray waiting expectantly, knowing that God can and will answer. We're going to kind of build on this foundation this morning as we get into to what God, how God has called us to serve this year as well. Uh, and that's where we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the third and final piece of who we are here at Fresno First Church. We're going to serve. We connect people with people, people with God, and God to the world. That is who we are. That is what we are all about. We want to connect God to the world. And this is really where the focus begins to change. The focus begins to, to not be so much here as here. We begin to move outward here. We begin to serve the world. We begin to go out and, and share the gospel. We begin to move outward in the way that we think and act. We begin to think about others. We begin to be shaped by God's love and God's love for others. And really what this looks like is the church leaving the building. We are the church and we leave the building to go and be the church. This is what serve is all about. Serve is all about being the church. This happens in all kinds of ways. Uh, but you know, last week, uh, it, but it looks like being the church. You know, last week we talked and we prayed a little bit about uh, the situation going on in Ukraine. And I told you that there were missionaries over there even now who are helping in Ukraine, who are uh, serving there, who are in the Ukrainian church. Uh, I don't know if I, I posted some things throughout the week on our Facebook page uh, about just the, the Ukrainian church continuing to gather last week, even in the midst of everything. They're gathering in bunkers and underground garages and all sorts of things. They're, they're gathering to worship. They're gathering to, wor to praise God because that is who they are. Last week we took some time to pray for them. Uh, but you know, what they've gone through has continued this week. Uh, and uh, last week I told you to pray for them. I told you to continue to pray for them. And uh, I wanted to, to show you some things this week about how our prayers and how the prayers of the world affect what is going on even there. Our prayers work. God hears our prayers. Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, sort of the, the serve arm, the missional arm of our church, uh, put out a video this week uh, just kind of highlighting some of the things that are happening on the border of Ukraine and Poland. Uh, we have two missionaries there, uh, Jay and Tiana Sundberg, uh, who are right there at the border uh, of Ukraine and Poland. And so I want to just take uh, you know, four or five minutes this morning and just, just let us watch this this morning and see what it looks like for the church to be the church. Close to the border, the Polish border with Ukraine in a town called Przemysl. And what you see behind me is a 
a bus full of people who have been brought from Medica, the border, and they, they're, um, they, they're either brought on the buses from the border or they're here waiting for a bus to pick them up. And what, what I think is so amazing and really pulls at your heart is the fact that as you look, you can see they all have signs. And on the signs, usually written in English or in, in Ukrainian or Russian, it will say, I'm headed to Krak it'll say Krakow, two adults, three children. So they're looking for spots um, to be taken to either to a specific destination. What also is amazing is that there are people, Polish people, from all over the country who are coming and they'll actually put signs in their car or hold up signs that say, we're going to Warsaw and we have space for two adults and one child. And, and so then people will get in the car and they'll just be, that, that car will take them. Or they'll hold up a sign that says, we have a free lodging for, for a family of four. And, and then somebody just gets, gets in the car with them and they go. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing scene and it's a beautiful display of what happens when a community comes together and, and says we're going to respond and we're going to welcome people. After the people are brought to, brought to Przemyśl, uh on the buses that you, that they're, they get off the buses and they come over to this, this section of the, this uh, camp and uh, the, the red section are for medicals. Needs and they're meeting with people there and getting consultation with people there. And then on uh, the blue tents over here, they get um, food and any other needs that they have. It's just a very beautiful way that uh, they're caring for people. Um, and uh, in, the, in the last week, six days, over 500,000 people have come, not only through this location, but many have come through this location and other locations coming across the border from Ukraine into Poland. And it's just beautiful to see how people come together and the best, best things come out of people when they rise to the occasions of this kind of difficulty. Polish people have done so so much and uh, other people as well and it's just beautiful to see in the midst of this great tragedy so thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support and keep praying for that God would bring peace to our world thank you it's super cold out here today as people are walking around and getting off the buses but I actually wanted to share one story with you we uh, decided to gas up about 30 minutes 20 minutes before we got to this to the town and so we were in, I was in line to pay for a drink and I had to ask a question in English. And when I asked the question in English of the clerk, then the lady behind me also asked a question uh, in English. And so I realized that she wasn't Polish and I just simply turned around and I said to her, oh, where are you from? And she said, and as soon as I asked, where are you from? She just started to cry. I mean, the tears came immediately to her eyes. And, and uh, she said, originally I'm from Ukraine and I'm going to the border to take my daughter. And I, I actually didn't know what to say to her, but, um, but I said, you know, I said, well, we're on our way to the border too to help. Um, we're with a Christian organization. And I said, and we're praying for you. And then I said, the whole world's praying for you. And she just, she was just sobbing. So uh, I, this, that story was kind of the introduction for how this day has gone. And, and, and the thing that I, I want it to be true, we are praying. We are praying for that lady and we are praying for, for all of the people that are, that, are, that are on their way out of Ukraine and for the people that are in Ukraine.
Yeah, so God is, God is up to some good things on the border, uh, and uh, we can partner with them in prayer. Uh, if, you would like to, if you would like to give, you can go to NCM, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, ncm.org slash Ukraine, uh, and uh, you can give towards that. That'll take you directly to a link there uh, to be able to donate to that, and uh, that will help what they've got going on there. Uh, but I just... That struck me this week as I watched that video because as I was preparing for this, talking about serve, talking about the church being the church, uh, you know, I think it's, it's easy sometimes to be the church in times of crisis. Yeah, we saw at the very beginning of the pandemic, even here in Fresno, right, at the very beginning of, of COVID, what would we have here at our church? We had, we had signups for people who wanted to serve, people who wanted to go buy groceries for people, and we were doing all sorts of things. People respond to pandemic really well. But what does it look like to be the church when there's not a pandemic? What does it look like to be the church when there's not an emergency? What does it look like to be the church just in our everyday lives? I think that's really, that's really what, it, what, it, what I want to talk about this morning. And I really just want to, like I said, I want to build on what we talked about last week because I think it starts really with prayer. I think, it, I think it starts with prayer as we begin to pray, as we begin to really focus our minds through prayer about how, how we can be Christ outside of this building. How the church can go and be the church. I think we need to begin to pray, and I think we begin to need to continue to pray and, and really broaden our perspective in prayer and pray for what I want to call a missional perspective, a, a, a serve perspective, if you will. God, help me to see the ways in which I can serve in the world. Help me to, to see the ways in which you want me to serve. Help me to see the ways in which you want me to go and share with someone. Help me to see the ways in which you want me to go out and do something for you. What does it look like for me to serve even in the midst of, of, a, of a, we're not at the Ukrainian-Poland border. We, we're in Fresno, California at the tail end of a pandemic. What does it look like to move forward from here and be the church? I think we need to pray for a missional perspective. You know, the, the goal of what we are here for is clear. Scripture makes it really clear what the goal is. The goal is put really plainly in Revelation chapter 7. And it's, this, it's after this I looked. Revelation 7, 9, if you want to write it down. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What is the end goal? The goal is that one day every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. That one day multitudes that no one can count from every tribe, every nation, every tongue would know that God is God. Salvation belongs to our God. So how we get there remains to be seen. Uh, we, don't, we don't know exactly what it takes to get there, but we do know that Jesus sets forth a plan in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, if you want to go there with me. Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 16, Jesus has, has uh, died, he has come back, he has risen, he has shown himself to his disciples, and here, here is what happens in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Now, this is how the Gospel of Matthew closes. There is nothing else after this. These are the last words of Jesus. These are the last words of literally anyone in the Gospel of Matthew. This, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This is the, what we like to call uh, the Great Commission. Uh, this is, this is Jesus' plan. This is Jesus's just, just, this is the way that things are going to happen in, in Jesus' plan is when the church, his disciples, go. They make disciples of all nations. They baptize them. They teach them. And, and they go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the plan. This is, how, this is the how. Now, I want to highlight a couple of things this morning as we even just read this passage and think about this passage. And first of all, as Jesus, Jesus starts with this phrase, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, this is not a, a new thing for us. If you have read the gospel up to this point, you realize and you understand that the authority of Jesus has been all over the place. We've seen him calm storms. We've seen him heal people from all sorts of different things. We've seen him himself come back to life. We have seen him raise Lazarus back to life. We have seen all kinds of things happen in the gospels to just highlight the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus is not in question in the Gospels. The authority of Jesus is, is over literally everything. He has universal authority, but it is a purposeful authority. When Jesus begins this piece of, hey, I have all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go. This is not an authoritarian sort of authority or, or, or power here. He's not saying, look, I have the power and so you need to go. This is not, that you can't make a case biblically that Jesus is some sort of authoritarian figure who is just directing people to go and do certain things. Jesus is saying, I have the authority, so let's go. Even at the end of this, the sandwich of the Great Commission is, I have the authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and then what is the last piece of this? And surely, I will be with you always. I have the authority, let's go. This is what we're doing. There's a sandwich here of Jesus' authority to say, look, I have the authority and I am going with you. This has been, again, this is the whole gospel as well. Matthew chapter 1, Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, during the gospels, Jesus is with his disciples. He dies, he's gone, he's back, he comes back and he is with his disciples. And now he's leaving again, but what does he say? I'm going to be with you. I have the authority and I'm going with you. Jesus is sending these guys on a mission, but in doing so, he's doing so with his authority and his presence. And this is exactly what happens as we go into the world and we are the church. We don't just go haphazardly to say, this is what I, this is what I wanna do. No, we go with the authority of Christ and we go with the presence of Christ to go and to be the church in the world. Everything that we do is done under his power and with his presence. They couldn't do it on their own. We can't do it on our own. But thanks be to God, we don't have to. Right? We have the authority and we have the, the, the presence of Christ. Here's the, here's the connection I want to make this morning. This commandment was not just for the disciples. This commandment was not just to these 11 men at this point. One has done some business at this point. It's not just to these 11 disciples. This commandment is for every single one of us. Every single one of us who claims that Jesus is Lord, this is a commandment for us. 
This is, this is the commandment. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he says, look, I have the authority, this is why, and then I'm going with you. We go to do this with the presence and with the, with the authority of Christ. And here's the, the connection I want to make. This is our mission. This is our goal. This is what we are sent to do as well. So, so here, as we talk about last week, building intimacy with God through prayer, here's a question for you. What prayer can we pray that will help us kind of with this missional perspective, help us kind of broaden our lens a little bit to see what God sees when we go out into the world? To be able to be the church where God has called us to be in the Southeast Fresno community here. What is a prayer that we can pray that will help us keep this perspective in our lives? I think there is a, a great prayer that I think of immediately when I think about this. And I think we've talked about this psalm before, uh, but it's Psalm 67. Uh, and I want you to go there with me this morning. Psalm, psalm 67, uh, I think, is just a great, a great look at a prayer that we can keep on our tongues at all times to be able to keep this this missional perspective. Uh, psalms are, are mostly songs, uh, but some of them are prayers, and some of them, a lot of them can be prayers as we go forward from here. Uh, you know, as you read them, they can become prayers. But this, this one really is a, really is a prayer. Uh, you know, and uh, I love this. I love this psalm. So we're just going to dive into this psalm here, Psalm 67, and we're going to read it nice and slow. <clears throat> Here's what it says. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us still. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. I want to just, like I said, just kind of take this slow here. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. There is a pause here that is the word Selah that is not in a lot of Bibles, but it is in some. I don't know why the NIV decided to take that out, but... I think it's an important word. Selah is just a word, really, that, that tells you to pause and just let it soak in. Let this soak in. What are we letting soak in? May God be gracious to you. What does that even mean? May God give you what you don't even deserve. May he be gracious to you and bless you. Now, blessing here, the psalmist is not talking about material blessing. He's not talking about money. He's talking about just a blessing from God. May God be gracious to you. May he bless you. May he make his face shine on you. Just let that soak in. Man, how powerful is that? I mean, that, just that phrase right there, I don't know if you're, you know this, this is a, uh, this, that phrase right there is actually taken from a, uh, a priestly prayer that God told the priests, the Levites, to pray over the people of Israel in the book of Numbers. If you want to go back there with me, it's in Numbers chapter 6. Uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is, this is, this is literally a blessing from God onto the people of Israel. Amen. And the da- David, our psalmist here this morning, well, it doesn't actually say David, but it's likely David, our, our psalmist this morning uses this and, and it says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Say loud. Let that soak in. Now, I love to say this whenever I hear a Selah. There is a pause there, but it is not a period. There's a pause, but it is not a period. This is not just a prayer to say, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Amen. No, no. The most important two words of this entire psalm are the next two words. So that. So that. May God be gracious to us. May he bless us. May he make his face shine on us. So that. Well, so that what? So that your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. May all the people praise you. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the people with equity. You guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Why? Why is David or the psalmist here saying, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us? It is so that the world might know who Jesus is, who God is, that they might come to know him, they might come to fear him, that they might come to, to know this same God. Right? They, they may all the people praise you. May all the people praise you. The people here in, in this phrase is the word for people groups. Right? It's kind of the nations and the peoples is, is kind of people groups. You know, even now today, there are between six and 11,000 people groups in the world. We know we have people who speak their own language, their, their culture is similar, six to 11,000 people groups. And God's desire is that every single one of them would know the name and the glory of God. God blesses his people so that the world would come to know him. Amen. This is a theme of scripture from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 12, and just the calling of Abram, who became Abraham. Go, I will bless you, you will be a blessing. All people will be blessed through you. That's Genesis 12. You get to Genesis chapter 26 with his son Isaac. Through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. Talk to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. Your descendants will be like the dust. All people will be blessed through you. In the book of Deuteronomy, we see that even the law, the, the law that was written was meant so that the world might see God. Genesis, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him? What other nation is so great as to have such a righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? People will look at the laws that are surrounding us right now and will say, man, what nation is so great to have their God near to them? Through the law. Think about that. That's just, you, you wouldn't necessarily think that, but that's exactly what it was there for. And you get to the book of, of Joshua and all that Joshua goes through and the people say, only God could have done this. You get to Daniel, only his God could have done this. You get to King Solomon in 1 Kings, he is so wise. Why is he so wise? That God would get the glory. 
that the nations would come to know him. You get to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36, and I love this passage as, as kind of the, the author of Ezekiel just kind of, well, I'll just read it for you. Therefore say, this is God talking to the Israelites, therefore say the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says, it is not for your sake, people of Israel, <coughs> that I'm going to do these things. Not for your sake that I'm going to do these things. But for, but for the sake of my holy name, he says, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. It says, then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. It's not for your sake that I'm about to do any of what I'm about to do. It is for my name. It is that my name would be made known throughout the entire world. This is, this is the mission of God. You get to our initial passage today, the Great Commission. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Right, we get this is this is the mission. You get to Second Peter chapter three verse nine, and we see that God's desire is that all would come to repentance, not just a few, but all would come to repentance. God's desire is that all nations would come to Him. How does this happen? It happens as God's people take the blessing of God, take the face of God, take the grace of God, and they go out into the world and they share the same thing. It is not for your sake that I bless you. It is not for your sake that I am gracious to you. It is not for your sake that I, that I show my face to you. It is for their sake. It is for the sake of the world. All right, this, is the, this is the gospel message of Jesus. And I think the, the rub is here, though. We tend to disconnect the blessing of God from the purpose of God. We tend to just be so thankful that God has blessed us, and he has. We tend to be thankful that we have experienced God in a real tangible way, and many of us have. But we tend not to go out and do anything with that. We tend not to take it into the world and allow God to move in and through us to, to make a difference where he has placed us. We tend to disconnect the blessing of God from the purpose of God, and that is, that is where the rub comes in. And if we're in it for the, rest, for the blessings, we're in it for the wrong reasons. So, so what do we do with this this morning? What do we do with this prayer? What do we do with, with this? How do, we, how do we continue in prayer as we build kind of this, this missional perspective through prayer, as we build intimacy with God through prayer? How does this work? What does this look like? Well, first of all, I think this prayer needs to be always on our lips. God, help me to be a blessing. I have been so blessed by you. Help me to now go and be a blessing. We are blessed to bless. That is the purpose of our lives. We are blessed so that we might bless. God, help me to be a blessing. I think that prayer needs to always be on our lips and that purpose needs to just captivate our lives. The purpose of, of being out in the world, the, the whole point, if the whole point, is that all people would come to know God. That has to be our purpose as well. This is the point of all the Gospels, that all people would come to know him. And if that is the point, if that is the Gospel, 
then that needs to be us as well, our mission, our perspective. That needs to be everything that we do is towards that sake. We need to, to pray that God would use us so that the world would know. There's a quote that, that I've used a few times and I've since lost where I got it, and I apologize. It's from a book. <laughs> I know it doesn't help, uh, but I'll figure it out. It says this, If God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nations then he will fill the truck that's driving toward the nations. He will bless the church that's pouring itself out for unreached peoples of the world. And this blessing is not payment for a service rendered. It is power and joy for a mission to accomplish. When we move, for, when we move toward the unreached peoples, we're not earning God's blessings. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. I just want to read that last line, and I want this to just stick with you this week. When we move toward the unreached peoples, we're not earning God's blessings. I hope you know that. There's nothing we can do to earn the blessings of God. We're not earning it. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. And what a, what a beautiful picture of how God moves. It is our purpose to reach the nations. It is God's purpose to reach the nations. My prayer is that we actually really do make it our purpose as well. All of us would say in this place, I hope, this morning, that yeah, I agree, God's mission is to, that all people would know. Every tongue would bow, every, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. That's God's purpose. What about me? What about you? I think that needs, to be, that needs to be the purpose. That needs to be our purpose. Let this prayer always be on our lips. I want to read this psalm one more time. I just want you to just, just hear this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. So that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among the nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. You rule the people with equity. You guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that the ends of the earth will fear him. My hope and my prayer for us this year at Fresno First Church is that as we grow deeper in intimacy with God through prayer, that this prayer begins to be a routine for us. God, help me to be a blessing. God, help me to see what you want me to see. Help me to, help me to, to be near the people you want me to be near. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I further this purpose, God? How can I participate with you in your purpose, which is to reach the nations for your name? God, help me to be a blessing. Show me how to be a blessing. And just like last week where we have to wait expectantly in prayer, when you pray this prayer, God, help me to be a blessing, we need to wait expectantly 
because God will give you opportunities to be a blessing. The question is, will you see them, will react to them, will you even know that it is there? God, help us to be a blessing. Help us to serve. Help us to, to, to reach out to the people who do not know you. Help us, God, to further your kingdom. Help us, God, to, to, to push along with your purposes. Amen. Let that be our prayer this year.